Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 102, I Don't Like My Mom or Dad. It's March 9th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I also happen to be a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. I don't like my mom or dad. First off, this is a very painful subject, and it's also extremely common. We don't talk about it. We pretend this doesn't exist. I'm here to tell you it's extremely common, and as I move through the podcast, I'm sure you'll start to understand why I'm saying that. So, And I do have good news for you. If you're dealing with this, you don't like your mom or dad or your stepmom or your stepdad or whomever, I do have some promising good news for you, so hang in there with me. If you happen to be new to my content, I would love it if you would go to my website and enter my current giveaway, which is www.lisaalundy.com. I love giveaways. They're fun. Go enter. Next is my disclaimer. I am not a medical therapist. I am not a healthcare provider or a healthcare professional. You, as a consumer, should get your health care or therapy advice from a licensed health care provider, and I am not that. So nothing that I say in any of my content anywhere is intended to be medical or therapy advice. If you happen to be listening to this podcast and you're feeling hopeless, or you're feeling suicidal, or you feel like life is just simply too hard, I'm asking you to make a phone call and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. There is an awful lot of help available if you will make the phone call. It might not be the people who you'd like to help you, but there is help available, so I hope you will take that. If you are in the deaf or hard of hearing community, I do have transcripts now for my podcast. We're working on an automated feature where they will appear automatically. So bear with us as we work out the kinks. And I am also working on speaking at a better pace and working on the pronunciation of my words so that you have better transcripts. Doing the best I can. Now, When you don't like your mom or your dad or both of your parents, well, some people are blessed and they have like an amazing mom and an amazing dad and they simply cannot imagine someone not liking their mom or dad. Well, that's really good for them and I'm really, really happy for them. At the same time, that's not how it is for the majority of people. And so if you are in the position where you don't like your mom 
or your dad or both or your step parents or your adoptive parents or your foster parents I have a ton of compassion for you and I'm really committed that you have a breakthrough in this podcast so you can start to deal with this issue because it's very painful now in this podcast I'm not saying you know this does not cover people who don't like their mom or dad because they're spoiled or because they're entitled and their mom or dad didn't buy them a car or didn't pay for something that they thought they should have paid for I'm not talking about that and I will get very clear about the kinds of behaviors I am talking about that leave children and adult children feeling like they don't like their mom or dad stepmom or dad or foster parents or grandparents whoever's raising them so for the purposes of this podcast I'm not covering someone who doesn't like their mom or dad because their mom or dad is disciplining them for bad behavior or someone who's entitled and to make this podcast more streamlined because I have a lot of ground to cover I'm going to refer to this as your mom or dad it could be your mom your stepmom your stepdad your foster mom foster dad the grandparents who are raising you or your adoptive parents I'm going to use the term mom or dad and however that applies to you I am however going to take a little sidebar note and talk about stepmoms and stepdads and foster care and a few things before we dive into the really heart of the matter so you didn't get a chance uh, in choice in who your mom or dad was that's not a choice you had likewise you usually don't get a choice in your stepmom or stepdad if you end up with a stepmom or stepdad now I will tell you that there are many many instances where a stepmom or stepdad comes into the picture and it is miraculous it is like they are the rescue heroes and the kids whether they're young or teens or grown are thrilled beyond measure to have this stepmom or stepdad and that's the best case scenario that's like amazing it's what you hope for at the same time that's not always what happens so you may or may not like your stepmom or stepdad and it may be you got a wicked or what they call it the wicked stepmother or the evil stepmother or the evil stepdad and and in that case the rest of this podcast will apply for you as well so some people are blessed and the stepmom or the stepdad is literally literally like a rescue hero to the child to the young adult to the adult and sometimes that's not the case but this rest of the podcast will apply to a stepmom or stepdad if you're in foster care or if you were in foster care well that's extremely painful oh my goodness oh, my heart breaks at the same time people should understand it's a very common situation in the United States we have up to over 400,000 children in the foster care system in the US in any given year so this is tragically something that's very common but we're not talking about it so this podcast will also apply to you if you happen to end up if you were or are in the foster care system because you would certainly probably have a lot of emotions about your biological mom or dad or whoever it was that abandoned you and didn't take care of you 
So I have complete and utter compassion. If you're in the foster care system or you were, that is a bitter hardship and hopefully this podcast will help you. Now, if you were given up for adoption, we don't talk about this all that much either, but people who have been given up for adoption kind of, there's a, there's a spectrum where they're at one end, they're resentful and upset and hurt and wounded and angry that they were given up for adoption. And on the other side of the spectrum on the continuum, people are grateful and happy and just feel so blessed that they have wonderful adoptive parents, but not all adoptive parents work out so well. So people can be all over the board. And even if you're happy because you have great adoptive parents, you may still have some lingering aches or wounds or pain about the fact that you were originally given up at some point. So this podcast should also help you. Now, before I get into the meat, I want to meet or the body of this podcast. I want to talk about some aspects that are important for you to understand. The first one being parent-child alienation. Now, this is something that happens in some families, particularly or notably when there's a divorce, but it can also happen when there's not a divorce ongoing or in the works or coming. And in this situation, one parent will work intentionally to create negative feelings in the child, grown or young or in between, against the other parent. And that's typically done over time. It can be very stealth, very, you know, manipulative. And um, that's definitely not a good behavior. And I'm not really talking about parent alienation in this podcast, but you should understand that that exists because if you don't like your mom or dad or any other version that I'm referring to, is it because of parent alienation? Were you alienated against your mom or dad by the other parent? So that does happen. And you just want to, when you're dealing with this issue, I don't like my mom or dad, if that is contributing to it, you would want to be awake and aware to that because that would color your perspective. Now, there are situations, too many, where a police officer or a detective will tell your mom or tell your dad that their children are in danger by the other parent. That happens more than you know, in which case it's the parent's job to keep you safe from harm or death from the other parent, and they are following law enforcement directives and mandates. So that happens. That's not parent alienation. That's a parent keeping you safe at the request or the demands of law enforcement. But that that happens more than you know as well. And if you're young, when it happens, you might not know what's going on. So these are things you kind of have to tease out when you're looking at this issue. I don't like my mom or dad. Well, did anybody try to sway you against the other parent? Was there some type of domestic abuse? You might have been in danger and not known. I mean, there are therapists and law enforcement who will tell a mom or dad, look, we're concerned that the other parent is going to kill your child. So they shouldn't be be with them. And so you just want to look at this as you're teasing out your own emotions. Now, 
There's another issue that happens that affects children that can leave them not liking their mom or dad, which begs to be mentioned, and that is parent vilification. It's basically a form of alienation, but it's a lot more insidious and evil. So some parents, whether they're married or they're going through a divorce or they're divorced, will embark on a vicious journey to vilify the other parent, which would impact how you would feel about the other parent. And that's the reason this is included in this podcast, because I want to get you kind of grounded and lay a foundation. So when you're looking at your emotions, you're factoring in all the different things that could leave you feeling, I don't like my mom or dad. So the best way to explain, I think, parent vilification is by example. So in this example, a wife had an affair. She leaves her husband and children. And that doesn't make her look good. Well, anytime a woman leaves her children behind, affair or no affair, that doesn't make them look good. However, in the background, the husband had been viciously withholding love and affection a love and affection and been abusive in a manipulative attempt to get the wife to have an affair and leave. So it was the husband's intention to make the woman leave, which he was successful in. However, then once she's left, the vilification process began, began and continued for some time. Although later I heard that he admitted he had done it on purpose. And so vilification is really nasty and very often we don't call people out on it. So that's a form of something that can happen. And if you were the child and your mom or dad was being vilified and they had done something like break up the family, have an affair, do something, whatever, you know, you might fall prey to not liking your mom or dad because there's this vilification going on. So that's helpful when you're sorting yourself out to understand these different pieces. Now, I have to talk to you about the painful difficulty people have in coming to the table and being able to admit to themselves that they don't like their mom or dad. That is something that many people cannot do, even when they have been abused and mistreated and really kind of run over by a Mack truck. It's a difficult thing. So um, Dr. Peck, M. Scott Peck, MD, wrote a book called People of the Lie. He also wrote The Road Less Traveled. He actually wrote I don't know how many books, a lot of books. And in M. Scott Peck's book, The People of the Lie, Dr. Peck talks about the painful difficulty that a child of any age has to go through to be able to come to terms with having either a bad parent or an evil parent, either way. So it is one of the things, according to M. Scott Peck, that some people will never, ever be able to do. They will not be able to come to terms with the pain that they had a 
bad mother or a bad father. It is very painful for anyone to be able to come to terms with they had a less than stellar mom or dad, but it's extremely common that people, we have a lot of bad moms and dads walking around. Wait till I get to my list of bad behaviors. So what I'm, why I'm saying this to you is because if you're listening to this podcast and you're able to say to yourself, just to yourself, you know, I really don't have a great mom or I really don't have a great dad or I really don't have a great this or that, whatever it is, that's very powerful. And I want you to pat yourself on the back and have some compassion because you probably don't know what a big deal that is that you can admit it to yourself. I'm not talking about being able, able to admit it to anyone else. That's a, whole, that's a whole different can of worms. But I want you to really start to recognize this is a very big deal if you can admit to yourself that you don't have a great mom or you don't have a great dad or you don't like your mom or you don't like your dad. And I will also tell you that you could be you could be in a family where you have siblings and there won't be agreement about you having a good mom or a bad mom or a good dad or a bad mom. And your siblings, if they don't agree, may try to invalidate your feelings, tell you you're wrong. And I want you to know that because if you grew up in the same family and there were some bad behaviors, it's more likely that your sibling or siblings haven't done the work to be able to get to the point where they can admit that to themselves, which is normal. It's more normal for someone to grow up and live their entire life and not be able to face. We're really talking about facing this. So if you're able to face that you don't like your mom or dad, which is probably for good reasons, then that's a big deal. But other people might not get there with you. And some people who had a great mom and a great dad and the perfect family are going to really invalidate you because they can't even believe it. It's so far off the mark of what they've lived, they can't imagine it. So you have to hold fast and we're going to kind of help you. I'm going to try to help you sort yourself out on this. I want to begin by talking about the things that parents do that are problematic, that wound children and adults that are really bad. These are really bad behaviors and they're extremely common. So according to all research that I can find, somewhere between 70 to 96% of American families are dysfunctional. That means in a majority of families, some of these behaviors, or at least one of them, are going on, which are not good. So when you're listening to this list of bad behaviors, here's what I don't want you to do. I do not want you to listen to this list and go, oh, well, my parents didn't do that, so I guess I guess it wasn't so bad. I don't want you to diminish or dismiss or minimize in any way your feelings and your circumstances because it doesn't rise to the level that some of these behaviors rise to. So at the outset, I don't want you minimizing what you've been through. 
So we have drugs, addictions, drugs, alcohol, gaming, hoarding, overeating, compulsive shopping, gaming, etc. Playing favorites with your children, abusing your child or allowing your child to be abused. And that, by the way, includes withholding love and affection, which is a form of emotional abuse and is exceptionally common. Being a perfectionist as a parent and demanding perfectionism or being overly critical. Being irresponsible as a parent with money or resources. Being cruel or mean. Undermining your child. Not providing the basics. Food, shelter, education, a safe environment, and love and affection. Being irrational as a parent. Being arrogant, righteous, know-it-all, or judgmental not having boundaries, being unfair, or having unreasonable expectations of your child, young or adult, having one of your children be the scapegoat of the family, or allowing your child to be the scapegoat, trying to live out your dreams through the life of your child or children, abusing the other parent, in other words, domestic abuse, being either egocentric, narcissistic, a sociopath, or a psychopath, playing the victim or the martyr, using or exploiting your children, engaging in criminal activity, going to prison or being in jail, blaming your child for how your life turned out, not taking care of yourself as a parent and making your kids take care of you, not being functional, meaning having your children have to take on adult roles and responsibilities as a child or a teen, using your emotions to manipulate or bully the family or control the family, breaking up the family and not taking responsibility for that, not being the parent, trying to be your child's best friend and abandoning the responsibilities inherent with being a parent, invalidating your children's feelings, or being evil in some capacity. That's 28 different behaviors or categories that are problematic for a young person growing up. So I'm going to repeat my request that you do not dismiss, minimize, demean, or in any way diminish your feelings about your mom or your dad or the circumstances you lived through because of the extensive nature of the list. I don't want you to say, oh, wow, you know, my mom or dad didn't go to prison or my mom and dad wasn't on drugs or an alcoholic, so my life wasn't so bad. That's not how it works. Because simply having a parent who's a perfectionist, for example, or simply having a parent who invalidates your feelings is enough to cause significant damage to a child low self-esteem, and a whole lot of other problems. So that's why I don't want you to say, well, it could have been worse. Well, yes, it's probably true. Maybe it could have been worse, but that doesn't, you don't want to diminish that what, ha what did happen. Now, I do have something I'm going to mention, but I'm not going to go into it uh, in great detail, which is that um, any one of those behaviors that I listed can really cause a lot of issues later in life. It can cause, in childhood or young adulthood, young adulthood, it can cause depression, anxiety, low self-esteem. 
It can cause suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation. It can cause a lot of problems later in life as well. Now, in the 90s, uh, the CDC and Kaiser Permanente Permanente, uh, did a study which was called the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. That's A-C-E for Adverse Childhood Experiences, which was one of the largest studies ever conducted on child abuse and neglect, household challenges, and later life health and well-being impacts. So as a result of that study, they came out with a test. Now, it's a very simple test, and it's not all-inclusive. So I think as time moves forward, what I would predict or expect is the test will be expanded to include other challenges and other issues but currently if you are feeling like you don't like your mom or your dad you might want to look up the childhood the adverse childhood experiences test ACE test and see how you score it's very very compelling that they can predict by percentages your chances for addictions or suicide or all kinds of problems based on your test score. And it, again, is not a comprehensive test. I think that, you know, eventually they will add more questions and it will be even a better predictive tool. So one of the things that um, I want to mention is that all parents do the best they can. That's the kind of general rule of law. Parents do the best they can with what they have, with who they are, with their circumstances. And some parents do a great job and some parents, you know, do a terrible job. I mean, some people are just, they're they're literally the worst. They're actually evil. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, in this age of social media, you know, you can see some parents putting... A video on TikTok or wherever of their two-year-old or four-year-old or five-year-old whatever having like a terrible meltdown and they put it up on social media well how is that kind to your child I mean would would any of us want a video up on social media of a, of a meltdown of our worst moment I mean one video this poor little girl got like the worst news and she was devastated and there's the mom posting the video of her daughter going through this devastating moment and it's not just parents with their kids there was one woman who posted a video and I'm assuming it was her husband maybe not anymore but you know she pantsed him so you know he couldn't get his pants up and she got him down and there's this terrible stain in his underwear so she knew it, put up the video, gets all these nasty comments because people are appalled. What kind of woman puts a video of her man with a stain in his underwear? Like, that's just cruel. But it's the video is still up. So we're, we're not really, we're not doing the best that we can, but people as parents do the best they can. So when you're, you know, Going through these different emotions I'm going to get to, I think one thing you need to understand is that regardless of the job that your mom or dad did, that they do love you, even if it seems like a stretch, 
and they did the best they can, even if they did a wickedly horrible job. Now, if you are a parent listening to this podcast, do you do any of those 26 or 28 behaviors? Because if you do, it's time for you to clean up your act. It is never too late when you are a parent to get to work on yourself. And if you're doing bad behaviors, it's time for you to stop. No more excuses and no more justifications. And I will say that I've talked to parents forever, for decades, about not playing favorites. And some parents will say, well, that's just what I do. Like they don't get the damage they're doing to their own child. And it doesn't, playing favorites, by the way, doesn't just damage the child who's not the favorite. I've talked to grown-ups who were the favorite and it was painful and problematic for them. So if a parent is playing favorites, nobody gets off scot-free. And so if you're a parent listening to this, it is time for you to put yourself on the road to growth and development and deal with whatever you need to deal with so you can be the best parent for your child because they deserve that. Now, I do want to make a mention on siblings, half-siblings, step-siblings, which I kind of alluded to earlier, but I briefly want to mention that it's fascinating research they've done how, say, three kids in the same family can turn out, with the same parents' intact family can turn out so differently. And one of the things they know or they realize from the research is kids growing up in the same intact family with the same parents in the same household will turn out differently because they come up with different conclusions than the other siblings. So I want you to understand whether it's siblings, half-siblings, step-siblings, whatever, that you don't have to have agreement about how you feel about your mom or your dad. And probably you shouldn't expect agreement because it's the reality is if a child is ever going to come to terms with the fact that they had a bad mom or bad dad or whichever capacity, it's more likely that they're going to be in their thirties to late thirties to forties before they can even begin to admit that to themselves, let alone talk about it with anybody else. So Now we're going to dive into what do you do? So let's assume you have a bad mom or dad or stepdad or stepmom or what have you. So first of all, you already know now that it is extremely common because we have so many parents who are engaging in unhealthy and inappropriate behaviors. Now they may be doing the best that they can. It's still not helpful. It's still not healthy. It's still not good. So the first piece is for you to be able to admit to yourself that you don't have a great mom or dad. Then you're going to start to sort out your emotions. We in society are not very good at identifying, managing, and processing our emotions. We actually are terrible at it. But if you have a bad mom or dad, you're going to have a lot of a huge variety of feelings, like all over the board, sadness, shame, there's sometimes shame and embarrassment are two biggies, anger, resentment, loss, 
grief. You know, it's an unfulfilled expectation because you expect to have good parents. You expect parents to do the right thing. And sometimes parents don't do the right thing. Sometimes parents are irresponsible. So you're going to have to kind of sort yourself out on your emotions. Now, I do have a podcast about how you manage and process your emotions, which is not this podcast. But the first thing for you, if you can admit to yourself that you don't like your mom or your dad, is you've got to go through the steps of managing and processing your emotions. Now, if you're ashamed or embarrassed because your parents lack an education, that's something different. If you're ashamed or embarrassed because, or angry or resentful or what have you, because your parents are poor, those are things you can get yourself sorted out on. Most people aren't poor on purpose. And most people don't lack an education on purpose. I mean, some people do because they go to college and then they don't finish their degree by one course, which is sad. But it happens a lot. It happens more than you know. So, you know, what? what is it that you're feeling? Well, there's probably going to be a ton of different feelings. But if it's because of poverty or lack of education, you want to you want to start to deal with that and get yourself sorted out because you don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed of poverty or a lack of education. Now, one of the big things, if you get to the point of recognizing you don't like your mom or dad and you start to deal with it and you start to, you know, start to identify and feel you're going to have to feel your emotions. You're going to have to feel your feelings and then you're going to have to manage and process them. But you might feel like you got ripped off. You might feel like, you know, you got gypped and then you might be out in the world and think hear from somebody, your coworker or somebody you're in school with or somebody in the neighborhood about their mom or their dad. And you might think oh, they had it way worse than I did. Well, you don't want to minimize your life and your feelings compared to someone else because comparing yourself to others isn't a good thing and life is not a competition. So your parents did the best they could with who they were and their circumstances at the time, at the moment. So for you, you're going to have to go through all the steps to dealing with yourself, getting yourself sorted out. And I highly recommend at the end of the day, when you've gone through the process that you don't end up carrying a grudge. Grudges are like a little poison packet. You just might as well tape on your back or put in your purse or put in your toolbox because you're going to carry that around and that's not going to give you this rich, amazing life. Forgiveness is the antidote for being angry and resentful. And forgiveness has nothing to do with your mom or dad or whomever. Forgiveness is for you. I have a whole podcast about forgiveness because many people mistakenly think that the other person gets the benefit if you forgive them, or you're saying that you approve of their behavior or you accepted what they did to you. And forgiveness doesn't say any of that. That's not what forgiveness is. So I'm hoping that you're going to have to identify, manage and process your emotions, get it all sorted out, which you can do with the friend, listen to the, I have tons of podcasts that will help you with the emotions, whether it's anger or sadness, like you know, lots of podcasts to help you where you can sort yourself out with a friend, but you're going to have to dig in and deal with this emotional piece. This is an emotional, painful, emotional aspect to life that's common. 
common, common, common. Now, one of the things that I highly recommend, once you've kind of started to get on the emotional track to manage and process your emotions, is to use the emotional pain of this, because this is very painful. It is painful. Is to use emotional pain to your advantage. I hope that no matter what happens in life, if you have something painful that happens to you, you're going to use it to your advantage. I have a podcast called Using Emotional Pain to Your Advantage, and I did that podcast before I had happened upon the research term. There's actually a great term for using emotional pain to your advantage, and it is called post-traumatic growth. So post-traumatic growth, which is a decades-old concept now in psychology, refers to something that all throughout time, all throughout humanity, people have used emotionally painful situations to their advantage. There is nothing new about this idea. Not one speck of it is new, except for the fact that we now have decades of research and flow charts to really pinpoint like the whole process. It's fascinating. But the term is post-traumatic growth. So what does that mean? Post-traumatic growth, to boil it down to a nutshell, because we want to keep this podcast moving, is when you use something painful or a life challenge or some loss or, you know, could even be a death or anything painful. And you use that to grow and develop and become a better version of yourself. And as a result, your life becomes richer and more rewarding. So you can look up the term post traumatic growth and you will find research papers there's a book or more than one book but this is an old idea this is an idea from the beginning of humanity this is not a new thing maybe new to you but it's not a new idea in any way although we now have I have a research paper on it I saw last month and I thought oh this is just it's so rich so You don't need to read a research paper or a book to get the idea. You don't even need to listen to my podcast on using emotional pain to your advantage. You get the idea. You want to use this hard thing or anything painful to make your life better. It's just that easy. I mean, it's not that easy, but it is that easy. So what you're going to do is you're going to decide, okay, well, I don't like my mom or I don't like my dad or whomever. And hopefully you've sorted out why you don't like them and what's going on and all the behaviors and things that have happened. Then you're going to, you know, ramp it up and deal with your emotions because you don't, you don't just go, okay, I'm mad and that's it. But you have to process them. But whatever you do, I hope you're going to decide, yes, I'm going to take advantage of post-traumatic growth and I'm going to have this amazing, beautiful, fun, crazy good life. Like, why would you not want that? Well, I would hope you would want that. And especially if you didn't have a good mom or dad, why not have like the best life ever? Is there, do you need another reason? I don't know. But whatever you do, I hope you're going to take the high road. Sometimes people, when they don't have a good mom or dad or family or siblings or relatives or whatever, 
they get into a tit for tat and you're better than that. You are better than being vindictive or mean back or cruel back. You want to take the high road in life because the high road is always going to leave you feeling great. Engaging in tit for tat or stooping to their level is never going to make you feel good. And this is the channel, this is the podcast about feeling good because you want to be happy. Yes, you want to be happy, so don't be doing any bad stuff. You want to keep your integrity in check and you want to keep your character in check. And if you made a mistake, well, we all make mistakes, or if you reacted because you didn't take time to process, then you just have to apologize and clean it up. So some suggestions here. So number one, emotions are your superpower as a human being. The caveat, though, is that we're not training and teaching young people, teenagers, young adults, adults, old people even, how emotions can be their superpower. So people have emotions and And like Spider-Man, when he learns he has webbing, he doesn't know how to turn the webbing on and off. He doesn't know how to get it to shoot and stop. He has to figure that out. So we're born as human beings with emotions, which are super powerful and a superpower. But you have to learn how to use them. So you want to put making emotions be your superpower as one of your goals. Because hopefully, if you don't like your mom or your dad, and that's painful... You want to have this rich, amazing life. You want to take advantage of post-traumatic growth. You want to use this to your advantage. So number one on your list, have emotions be your superpower, which by the way is called emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence involves lots of different things. I have lots of podcasts that will help you with that, but you want to put that on your list. And part of that is self-awareness which means you're going to have to identify if you're not thinking rationally. Now, we have a, a good percentage of the, of the world, of society, that is irrational. If you are irrational, it means you are looking at life with a warped view. So your view of life is inaccurate. It's flawed. And you can get over irrational thinking and move into rational thinking. But when you're sorting yourself out, you want to grow your emotions to be a superpower. One of the things you're going to have to sort out is self-awareness. And that includes thinking rationally. I mean, you could, if you had enough irrational thinking, that might color your view of how you view your parents. I mean, it's likely that it would. So... Put emotional intelligence and having emotions as your superpower be on your list for making you be the best version of yourselves. And and you won't regret it. Emotional intelligence is, is wildly amazing. So amazing. The next thing I have before I get into some overall suggestions for you is to understand that other people outside of your actual mom or dad can fill that role for you. So you're going to have to go through all of these pieces and deal with your emotions. And as you do, you might realize, you know what, your mom or dad is a little too toxic or they're not well, or they're a psychopath or they're dangerous or they're too hurtful and they can't control it, whatever. 
I don't know what you're going to have to do. I don't know what your decision is going to be. But for some people, they have to distance themselves from their mom or dad or whoever fills those roles because they're, they're toxic. They're just like, they can't be nice. They can't, they're just cruel and they're mean and they're vicious. So you might have to distance yourself. I don't know what you're going to have to do, but what's important, regardless of whether you have to create distance or not create distance, is to understand that other people can fill the role, kind of the role of mom or the role of dad, without being related to you. And I will tell you that there are people who never got to be a parent who would love to fill the role of being your mom or dad. I'm telling you, this is that's a fact. Now, you might have to meet them. You might have to figure out who they are. And sometimes, you know, you'll mother people and you're like oh, the same age as them. It's not about the age. It's not about finding somebody who's your mom's age. It's about someone who will fill the role of mom or dad, regardless of the age gap or the age difference. But I promise you, like I have three kids. My kids know that it's like my favorite job in the whole world. They know that. <laughs> like, and they also know that I was dealing with three concurrent traumas while I was raising them. And it was the most difficult time. Like I just wasn't sure some days I would make it through the day. But my kids also know, like, I'm like, hey, I'll adopt you. I'll, come on, I'll adopt you. I'll adopt anybody because I love people. And even though I have three beautiful children, what's one more? So people will be happy to fill the role of your mom or your dad if that's appropriate. And you can have a, a good mom or dad. And what's one more filling the role? I mean, really, can you have too many people loving you and supporting you? I don't think so. So that's an idea for you. Now, I have some overall suggestions to wrap this up. So number one, I hope first and foremost, one of your takeaways from this podcast is for you to understand it is okay if you don't like your mom, your dad, your stepmom, stepdad, foster mom, foster dad, adopted mom, adopted dad. It's really okay. Have it be okay. Don't Beat yourself up or make yourself wrong if you don't like your mom or dad or whoever's filling that role. And the second thing I really want you to let in and let into your heart is it's a big deal if you can admit that you don't like your mom or your dad. That's a very big deal because some people have been wickedly abused and they will go to their grave and not be able to admit what they went through. Or that they really didn't have a good mom or dad. So if you can admit that at whatever age you are, that's that's an accomplishment. So I want you to understand that's a big accomplishment. And some people aren't going to be able to do that. So I want you to be proud of yourself if you can acknowledge that. Like you should really pat yourself on the back. That's that's not that's a big deal. So the next thing is I want you to brace yourself being judged and having your feelings invalidated. I'm sorry to say that, but it is what it is. And if you're at least prepared for it, you can kind of, you can, you can deal with it. And of course, one of, one of the ways, one of the ways I would recommend that you deal with it is, so if someone says, oh, you shouldn't feel that way about your mom, or you shouldn't feel that way about your dad, you could say to them, hmm, 
kind of sounds like or it feels like you're invalidating my feelings. My feelings are my feelings and I'm entitled to feel however I want to feel or however I feel regardless of what you think about it. Yeah, that might not be something you could say right now, but you know, you, you could work your way up to that because it is not okay for people to invalidate other people's feelings, but it happens every day. It happens all the time. And I do have a podcast about that. Hopefully my next suggestion is you're going to say to yourself, yes, I am going to use this difficulty, this painful situation to become the best version of myself. I'm going to take advantage of post-traumatic growth. I'm going to make this a defining moment where I get to work on myself and create this amazing journey of growth and development. What else would you want to do? Pain is pain. There is no way around it. Pain is pain. But when you can get, take pain and get some benefit from it, that that's good. That's like, why would you not want to do that? All right now, I, I recommend this a lot of my podcasts. Take people with you. Life is way more fun when you're doing it in a group, even if it's just two people. Take people with you on this journey because you know what? People, there's lots of areas that someone else you know could grow, but you want to make it fun. You want to make it playful. You want to have team, like a, a name for your team, prizes, lots of prizes. While you're on this journey, I certainly suggest that you have a reward system. I have a whole podcast about that because you want to stay the course. And mostly what we do when we're talking about change, changing a habit, changing our life, is we flee and we run from anything that involves change. If you have a reward system and you really put some thought into it, you have good rewards, that will help you mark your progress. That will help you feel good. That will help you stay in the game. Now, the next thing I already talked about, which is to make emotional intelligence and emotions be your superpower. Why not? I also suggest at some point you get on the road to forgiveness because we don't want you carrying around baggage unnecessarily. And forgiveness will free you up. The next suggestion I have is to have really great friends. That's important no matter what kind of family you have, no matter what kind of parents you have, no matter how you feel about your mom or your dad, it is very important to have good social connections and good friends. I next suggest that you focus on happiness and love. The power of love is amazing and happiness will help you in every area of life. And I have lots of podcasts about happiness and happiness is a skill. There are lots of skills involved in happiness, which is why we have a lot of unhappiness in the world. What will help you in this situation is also to learn assertiveness. Assertiveness will help you in every area of life. But if you have a mom or dad that you don't like, probably for good reason, because we already said we're not including the reasons of um you feeling entitled or they didn't buy you a car, they didn't pay for something. You want to learn assertiveness and that will be valuable in every area of your life. My next suggestion is that you have healthy boundaries. 
Well, one of the problems in life and in society is we have people who don't have boundaries at all or they don't have healthy boundaries. Having healthy boundaries will help your you have an amazing and happier life. And I have a whole podcast about that. So you want to make sure that you have boundaries and that they're healthy and meaningful. Self-care is my next suggestion. Well, if you look around the world, we have lots of people who aren't taking care of themselves. You want to feel good. You want to be happy. You want to have an amazing life. You simply have to take care of yourself. And make it fun. You could make self-care be amazing. I like to have fun, people. I really do. That's why I have a podcast about having fun and being playful because I, I life is too hard. I only want to laugh and play and have fun and enjoy what I'm doing. So I make my self-care every day enjoyable. So do your self-care and make it wonderful. Low self-esteem is a big problem in the world at running at about 85% of the population having low self-esteem. And that is a problem. If you do the suggestions I've covered so far in this podcast, that is going to help you immensely build self-esteem. If you're in the 85% of the population that has low self-esteem, that doesn't feel good. Now you pile on with the fact that you don't like your mom or you don't like your dad or whomever, and it just kind of becomes this swirling vortex of a, of a, of a problem. So build your self-esteem by working on these other areas because you might not realize it, but if you have low self-esteem, that is a filter that everything you think and process filters through, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving, they don't like me, this and that, and it's not a valid filter. You could have a filter that's very different, and I promise you it will give you an entirely different life than low self-esteem. On your road to building self-esteem, I do recommend that you tame your inner critic because the inner critic is nasty. That's the job of the inner critic is just to criticize the living daylights out of you falsely and unnecessarily. And you can learn to tame it, which is an amazing, amazing, amazing feeling. It will free you up. I also suggest here that you have empowering attitudes and beliefs. I have a whole podcast about that. We don't talk about uh, people's underlying attitudes and beliefs, which are often in the subconscious and unconscious mind. I have a podcast about that as well. Um, But it's really going to be helpful if you have empowering attitudes and beliefs over disempowering attitudes and beliefs. And my last suggestion is that no matter what happens, that you take the high road. You will not regret it. Now, if you mess up and you reacted, just go apologize. Just go apologize and clean it up. You don't have to. I'm just suggesting that would be taking the high road. So as far as your takeaways from this podcast, it's time for you to recognize that it is very, very okay and sometimes very healthy for some people not to like their mom or dad. And there's nothing wrong with that or their foster mom or their foster dad or their stepmom or stepdad or adoptive parents, it's okay. Number two, 
if you're in the boat where you don't like your mom or dad or whoever's filling that role, it's time for you to take advantage of post-traumatic growth and become a better version of yourself where life is richer and life is more rewarding. I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that because it's painful if you don't like your mom or your dad. And my last takeaway is it's time to build a team and create this fun, amazing journey that you will remember for the rest of your life because you had such a ball and you created parties and events and you had prizes, maybe even go the whole, maybe you go all in and you have costumes, <laughs> I don't know. So those, those are your takeaways. My call to action is you've got to deal with yourself, deal with your emotions and, you know, get people behind you so you're not doing it alone and then share this podcast on social media. Okay, that's all I got for you today. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast. Episode number 102, I Don't Like My Mom or Dad. I hope this podcast has given you some new ideas on where to go with this, and you're going to deal with it if it's your issue, regardless of where you stand on it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. Visit my website to enter my giveaway. And of course, I would love it if you would share this podcast on social media because this is a common problem. Hang in there. I appreciate you. I love you. That's all for now.